Hello and welcome back to the Dentistry Podcast. Um, I am Gabby Bissett and I'm here today with Simon Gambold, uh, a leadership and team engagement coach. Um, so how are you today? Morning, Gabby. Yeah, very well, thanks. Sun's shining. So uh, yeah, Monday, yeah. A, new, a new week. So uh, yeah, it's good. Exactly. Good. I think the sun makes Mondays um, a lot nicer, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> makes such a difference, doesn't it? Exactly. Exactly. And obviously the weekend we've just had as well. Um, I, hopefully, I'd like to think that everybody's in a in a good mood this morning um <laughs> well i am so uh, looking forward to talking to you about my favorite subject your favorite subject so what 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 is it that you're going to be talking to us about today well my my uh, coaching um i'm coaching dental practice owners on leadership skills uh and how they can engage their teams to to run a more effective practice mm-hmm. um and it's something i'm really passionate about and, and after about four decades in marketing and sales marketing and business management um, you know, I, I arrived at what I truly am passionate about, which is building and leading teams. Um, and I also love working with, with dental teams. Um, the, the passion that, uh, you know, people providing care have um, is infectious and I love working with it. And so I put those two things together, mm. leadership and team building and working with dental teams and to create this coaching business. So we're here now, um, but you, you've obviously had a sort of a wealth of experience in other areas leading up to, to this coaching that you're doing. Um, how, I mean, dentistry is quite niche. How did you get into it? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I was in, um, I had a career in marketing in, uh, and I was in the office supplies business actually, worked with W. H. Smith Business Supplies uh, in central London. Um, and it was a great career, but um, a number of things were happening. I mean, from a business standpoint, uh, Smiths were buying and integrating businesses and implementing new computer systems, which I got sucked into, as you do in those situations. Plus, we, my wife and I were starting a family, and um, I, I, I realised I wasn't going to see my, my first child at all during the week because I was driving in and out of London. So a number of things came to a head, and I decided to move on after six years there. And uh, I was looking around for a sector that I thought this next, I was in my sort of early thirties, this, this next move has got to be a, you know, the last one really. And I thought, <laughs> what sort of sector could I work in that's going to be really sustainable and grow? Yeah. And I thought healthcare. And I was, I got in contact with this headhunter who was looking for a general manager for a small mail order company. And, uh, and of course, when I met the guys who ran that company, who were Roger Hart and Norman Friedman, who were the, who set up the UK business Rex then when I, when I met them and absolutely loved the guys, they were absolutely brilliant guys. And uh, I thought, yeah, this is the sector for me. So I moved into, um, you know, joined Henry shine uh, working for one of their subsidiaries and um, spent 25 years with them, which I wow. really enjoyed. 25 years. I think some people, I, I mean, I think years ago staying in a job for a long time is, is was sort of the done deal. But I mean, this, these days a lot of people do move around quite a lot. What kept you, there for 25 years well yeah I think you're right in the early part of my career I did that to gain experience yeah um but there comes a point in your career where you need to set down roots and and really develop yourself and your your role um but but what I found was a business whose ethos and values were closely aligned with mine right I think it's really important particularly in your your large larger organizations you need to find one that's closely aligned with your values otherwise you're going to come apart at some point and people they either get asked to do things they don't 
they don't agree with or they're put in positions they don't like and they end up leaving mm. uh, because you can't bend an organization away from the direction it's going in and you know the Henry Schein organization's values are very very closely aligned to me I mean I can only think of one instance in 25 years where they wanted me to do something I didn't agree with uh -huh. and I just said no and they were fine yeah and That's I you know I didn't sense any, all oh, right, your career's stymied now as a result. I, I still got promoted at, at this, when the time came along. So I was aligned with the values and they had this team engagement approach, which was very rewarding and involving. And they allowed their managers a lot of leeway to operate and be successful. So I was always given new challenges before I could even think about getting bored. See, that's the kind of workplace you want, really, isn't it? Um, so it's going to constantly challenge you, but never put you sort of out of your comfort zone in a way that's that's going to um sort of be at odds with your own values um and, and direction but you you spoke about team engagement there and obviously you said at the beginning of the podcast that this is something you're you're particularly passionate about and you think is incredibly important um why wh wh why do you think this is why do you think this is so crucial to like the success of a dental practice well, it's, it's, it's not just a dental practice, it's all organisations, whether they're, whether they're public, private, whether they're academic or commercial. Mm. Um, if, you, if you want to be successful, you need to unlock the, the, the potential of your team members. And mm. this, this, this goes to the core of leadership, in my view. Leadership is about helping other people be more successful than they believe they can be. Now, that's a definition of leadership that I love, but it took me... A lot of years to get to that because initially you're thinking how can I be successful in my role then you're thinking well actually to be successful the people who work for me need to be successful because that reflects on me then the next step is how can I help them be more successful than they think they can be because everybody has a voice inside their head saying actually are you sure you can do that I'm not really good enough I don't think I can take that on and uh, a good leader will, in, will facilitate and will encourage people to take those challenges. And you mentioned stepping out of your comfort zone just now. This is really critical. It's very important that we do scare ourselves, but only a, only a little. Yes. You know, we don't want to freak ourselves out because we're, we're paralyzed then and we'll resign or we just, you know, we can't cope. So the, the key thing is to, is to get people just slightly out of their comfort zone, but time and time again. So you're continually expanding and growing, but without freaking yourself out. So, for example, you know, I, I would go on a roller coaster. Uh, it would freak me out, but I could probably push myself to do it. Um, but I wouldn't jump out of a plane. Right. I mean, the idea of um, free fall parachuting, you know, uh, appeals to me um, intellectually, but I, I know I couldn't do it. And if I was forced to do it, it would really seriously freak me out. Yeah. So I, I try and I push myself to do things that just take me out of the comfort zone but not so far that I can't operate and that's that's one of the skills is doing that so yeah I, I picked up this um, love of building and developing teams and that really took over from marketing for me okay and that's what you're focusing on now so when you're talking to your clients this is sort of at the core of what you're what you're about yes I, I've done marketing I've done business management um, I don't if people want that I can refer them to someone who'll do that I don't want to do that anymore what I want to do is team engagement and, um, you know, the, the leadership skills that you can learn. And this is one of the first questions I get when I'm coaching. Mm. Or, well, you, you can't learn leadership. You know, you're either a born leader or not, aren't you? And, of course, the answer is, well, you can learn leadership skills. And I'm an example of that. Um, and you can, with practice, uh, you can master virtually anything. And, uh, you know, it takes 10,000 hours to master something. 
that if you practice and review, you, you, there's no point doing the same thing again and again and again, but if you practice, review what you did, update it and practice again, you'll develop the skill set. So when, when, I mean, what I was going to ask is what um, sort of problems people come to you with and say, you know, this is something I'm struggling with, or this is something that I need to improve quite, quite a lot. What, what, you, what are the most common um, issues that, that people come to you with and, and sort of want solving? Yes, that's an interesting question. I think, you know, when we used to do surveys um, of the market and we'd ask people where their pain was and what their challenges were. And when I was at, at Shine and dentists would, it would always be the HR issues, recruitment, training, people stuff, people stuff. I need help with HR. And it was an area of great stress. And um, it really reflected on the inexperience and lack of training that a lot of practice owners had. So what, what my clients have all got in common is they all know that there's something they don't know. In other words, they're open for learning. Okay. So when they come to me and they listen to my webinars and they'll come along and they'll ask me for help in running the practice, basically, and dealing with the people stuff. And if, if we drift into practice management, then I'll, I'll send them to the right person for that. But when it's, when it's about their team and engaging their team, mm. that's what I really want to focus on. And that, that is where the big untapped potential lies. But it's an enormous challenge for someone who's had five, seven, ten years clinical training. Yeah. Um, and it's totally focused on the patient and may have a fantastic rapport with patients. Yeah. But when it comes down to the team, the team are almost an obstacle to them getting with their patients. And it's, it's frustrating. Why don't the team get it? And why do they not do this? And why do they not do that? So I try and take some of that enthusiasm and empathy and passion that dentists have for their patients and get them to apply it to their team members. So the team members become like a, a bridge to more patients. Okay. Um, and, and, and help them, you know, make a, a greater patient experience, if you like. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think with dentists and dental professionals, um, obviously, like you mentioned a minute ago, they are clinical, you know, they, they're, they're clinicians, um, first and foremost. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to, um, in the nicest way possible, sort of direct a team um, successfully. You know, you, you might need a, your hand held a little bit on that one and need some guidance, um, et cetera, et cetera, particularly if you are looking to buy a practice um, and, 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 you know, having a solid team and a team that trusts what you're doing is, is integral to the success of that practice. Um, I, I, we kind of just sort of touched on this, but what are some of the most common mistakes that people seem to make when it comes to engagement? Well, not engaging, really. <laughs> it's a <the> big one. <laughs> okay. You know, it, taking time to listen to your team and their concerns is, is very challenging. And I remember, you know, sitting in my office and I had an open door policy. I wanted people to come and talk to me, but I'd be snowed under with my computer, my phone. I'd have reports to do. I'd have ch challenges and demands on me all the time. And uh, when somebody walks into my office and I look up at them and I can see on their face that the frustration and impatience on my face is there. And they'd go, oh, I'm not going to, well, I won't do that again. I won't interrupt Simon. And uh, so I taught myself to when I heard a knock on the door or someone said my name, I would continue to look down and I'd compose my face. Then I'd look up and try and say, how can I help you? So I'm totally focused on you and what are your concerns? And that was a, an example of a practice that you can learn that initially isn't authentic or real, but actually yeah. if you do it a few times, like smiling when you greet somebody, after you've done it for a bit, it becomes authentic and it becomes yeah, sure. you. So 
that's an example where we just got to put aside, I know there's an appointment coming up, I've got to do this case, this treatment presentation, I've got this paperwork to do, I've got to get finished by so-and-so and collect the kids. Put all that aside, this team member has come to you with an issue. Give them 100% of your attention. Listen to what they say, okay, and then respond. And of course, you don't have to provide an answer to their problem. Very often people are coming to you with a problem and a solution. Mm. They're, ask, they're coming to ask permission to do something. Yeah. And even if you don't know what to do, you can listen to them and take it away, review it, reflect on it, and go back to them. Let oh. me come back to you in the morning on that or whatever. Oh. So the key thing is taking time to listen to people and be present for them. So, I mean, at the beginning there, you kind of, it's sort of like a, a fake it till you make it type situation then, you know, with your, with your reactions to people kind of, like you said, things become habits. If you, if you do them for long enough, it starts to become real and authentic, like you said, and uh, you, you can then adopt that into your everyday, everyday habits. Yes, it is a bit counterintuitive because one of the, one of the, the things you get drummed into when you're doing leadership is, is about being authentic. Don't try and yeah. be something you're not. But as you practice new things, you do have to do a bit of that. And faking it till you make it is a, is a bit of that. And I, yeah, I yeah. did that, whether it was, for another example, you know, when people said, how are you? I, I realized I had to stop saying, okay, <laughs> start saying, I'm great. Yes. And after a while, I started to feel great. And unless I felt actually ill, which I guess I wouldn't say I'm great. But most of the time, I, I felt fine. So I said, I'm great. How are you? And... Uh, most people will react to that and you get some jokey comments, but you also get a smile and Absolutely. people, it creates rapport and, it, and it's positive. And then I follow that up with, how can I help you? Yeah. So I'm yeah. putting the focus onto you. It's like a domino effect, isn't it? You know, if someone's, if, if you're greeted with somebody who has a smile on their face and they're positive, it's infectious. They will then go and feel the same and, and, it, and it works both ways um, and, and, and caters for sort of a, a happier team, I guess. Exactly right. And it works both ways. You get a downward spiral if people are cyn cynical or negative or upset and you get a positive upward spiral. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I guess these uh, feeling negative and, and quite pessimistic about the situation is probably something that you've, you've come across quite a lot over the last year um, for obvious reasons. Um, and, and, you know, the stresses that, that dental teams have been under are sort of unprecedented um, and, and they've really had to sort of change the way they work and, and I guess organise their teams. Um, etc so i mean how have you been helping them in, in this situation what's what's been your the guidance you've been giving and, and you're right it's been worse in the last since the pandemic but um it was present before then and i remember yeah. you know years ago working in the industry working with the profession talking about negativity and positivity and you know when you have a highly a highly trained highly qualified professional working almost in a sole environment working in a business and they are the production engine of the business they get very tunnel vision and focused in on themselves and introverted and uh this is one of the one of the reasons we started i i, I worked with some clinicians and we started a uh love your smile heart your smile charity some years ago which was around creating positivity and having a positive conversation and um a lot of people that clicked and they bought into that, but a lot of people reacted negatively to that, which is really interesting. Yeah. So having a positive conversation created a negative response. So that, that was there. I don't think, I know it's not unique to dentistry. It's about that kind of work environment, I think. Um, but yes, the pandemic certainly has, has made it more of a challenge. So when we work, when I'm coaching, um, 
we look at the we start with the personal goals of the individual what they want to do with their lives then we talk about what their professional goals are what kind of dentists do they want to be clinically led business led you know and that has a big impact on how they organize their team um, and then we talk about how we engage the team in their vision we create a vision and we talk about how's the team going to become part of that so we co-create a set of values and a plan that the team will take ownership for and it creates a ton of ideas and a ton of questions and a lot of activity and it's really exciting and it's really nerve-wracking and it it can freak you out initially but you know it's like if you turn over a rock and all this stuff comes out and you need good and bad and you need to deal with it and but but once you've turned it over you can't put it back and it's a it's it's almost like being thrown in at the deep end, but having a coach to help you through that is great because each week or fortnight I speak to my clients and they'll talk about the conversations they had, the ones that went well, the ones that didn't go well. We talk about, well, how could you have handled that conversation differently to get a different outcome? And that helps them think through and reflect on how they're doing and how they're dealing with those, those relationships. I can imagine. I mean, have you, have you enjoyed it? The sort of the challenge of that. I know it sounds a bit, bit strange but the, the the challenges that they're facing are obviously in some ways your challenges as well have you have you sort of enjoyed that i love it that's the most interesting bit so yeah. I, i've got a, a toolkit i've developed and we go through a process of steps 